Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, who is a woman who can shake things up and ice them down, the mixtress DC Gina. Hi, Louise. That's a very good intro. I like that one. You like that? I am. It should be like more that? like she, she can drive everyone stir crazy and then, you know... <laughs> Shake it out at the end. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, you know, they, that works. It really does. Um, maybe I should run my script by you ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll but then that you wouldn't be surprised. I know. Then I'll, I'll add that to my list of the crazy of every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Gina, I did a little dictionary thumbing today, believe it or not. And really, I guess no one has a dictionary on their desk anymore. We all know that's a lie. But, all right, so if you look up the word transition in the Webster Dictionary, the first definition it gives you is a change or shift from one state, subject, place, etc. to another. So with today's episode, I'd like to put that word into action. And to help others start their transition, a transition towards acceptance, a transition toward love and understanding, and a transition, God help us, that will help us all become better humans. I know it's a tall order, but I think today's designated drinker is going to help us get there. From Capital Pride Alliance, please welcome the very tenacious, very lovely, and someone who I can't wait to have drinks with very soon, Consuela Lopez. Welcome to the show, Consuela. Hi, Louise and Gina, and thank you for having me on the Designated Drinker Show. Um, I am a Capital Board member. You are. Yes, and um, I've been with the organization for probably about a year and a half, two years, but i gone to every Pride like since it started, and I've, I'm, I've always been very good friends with the board members. So I was, I always hung out in the same spaces, I, you know, we went to the same parties, um, and I was connected through Capital Pride through a nonprofit that I helped start called Casa Ruby that I am no longer working there anymore. Um, and it was just a connection of like having sat on various boards, such as the Mayor's Board of LGBTQ Affairs, um, and also at Whitman Walker, a very popular LGBTQ clinic. And I just, I, I, I started to, to want to know more about Capital Pride Alliance and what it meant to host such a big parade during the like the middle of the year, like once a year, the festival. Um, I've always been treated as a board member, but I just I didn't really have the title. So you, so you did all the work and but we got no reward. Is that what you were saying? No, 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 no. Capital Pride has rewarded me extremely well. They have opened yes. doors. They have rolled out the red carpet. I mean, I would, you know, they really wanted to be inclusive towards the trans issue because for such a long time, um, people think it's LGBTQ. Um, I'm used to saying LBG, LGBTQ A plus, I, AI plus. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I stop at LGBTQ. The trans community was, we always received the grunt and the violence and uh, violence and discrimination and within the community itself the whole lgbtq community we knew that trans women were suffering you know we were getting the grunt of discrimination of violence of you know um opportunities and it took for the trans initiative to say hey you know what we're holding our community accountable 
we know you we know that you know what the problem is and you know we're 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 tired of just you know people becoming you know having successful stories or or situations through the backs of our our community and not be heard so when i got to a point that and we talked about this Louise where i'm just like you know what i don't want to take up space i'm i'm not in that place of 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 trying to you know make someone feel okay about my decision to transition. Um, so I then turned that energy around and then I went full forward. So then I became trans power. I became trans forward. Oh, that's became, great. Yeah. And then I, and then I transitioned into this trans powerful transgender woman that I've said in meetings. And I think this is, this is perfect for the designated drinker show. Um, I, and, and, I sat in a board meeting at Capital Pride and I had, I was so stressed out through the week because I had had all these meetings that like, you know, with the government, with everything. And I started drinking early. I started drinking at 5 PM, you know, right? Like right when I got off work, I stressed that I picked up a couple of drinks and just like my, again, this happened one time, once in the nine years of board experience that I've had. And I had to explain myself at the next board meeting that I had a drink and boom, 7.30 came or 7 p.m. And it was like, board meeting. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. But it gave me that liquid courage that mm-hmm. that I have a seat at the table to be able to be heard. And sometimes, you know... As each gender, you know, particularly in like a, 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 a gender world, which I tend to blend into, whether it's men, female, you know, GNC is just starting to like, you know, be accepted. It's not accepted throughout all of America. Still, people would be like, oh, um, but I have nothing to lose because I built so much on my own without my community, without the help, but 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 only my trans sisters. My trans sisters are my family. They're part of my chosen family way more than the average gay white guy, you know, that we were sisters growing up. Like, you know, when I didn't have any money, they didn't give me food. You know, it was, it was a different kind of, of, of chosen family. And the liquid courage, like, the, this is, this is, I mean, this is, this is like a little bit, I don't know if you could use this or not, but I remember hearing something on the board meeting and I just was like, you guys are playing games. I was like, you continue to step over trans women over and over and over again. And now you're going to give money to an organization that continues to fire trans women. I was like, do you know what it's like to walk into work every day and think, wow, you look around and there's no one like you. There's women, there's men, whether they're closeted or uncloseted or, or out, but trans women, People who are out and proud that you can stand and say, hey, you know, there's one person out of my whole business that there's about 50, 50 individuals. You have your gay guys, you have your, tri- you have your lesbian women, you know, you have your Bushmen that don't, e- that aren't even out the closet. But then you have your trans women that are like, you know, just trying to survive. And I have, I have surpassed. So I, I, I joined this board and they have really taken my advice and really have ran with it. And when I say that, meaning because 
It takes you to be that person. It takes you to walk 10 feet in our shoes to be able to make decisions for what we want to do, right? And why we did this. And, and we, sure. did, we did this, you know, I, I know I did this backwards and, 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 I, and I'm very happy and fortunate today that I'm able to, to be able to sit on a show like this and talk and, and, and be able to express how I really feel, right? Instead of just being like a, cook, cook, a cookie cutter, a token trans girl, where you're just sitting there, which I have before, but not at Capital Pride. I've sat there at the table and I was like, but you're treating trans women wrong. You're treating trans women wrong. And each time the board meeting would go by, it would get written off. It'd get written off. It'd get written off. And I was like, and and I'm about to throw the gender spectrum into there because men have turned women, trans women out that even what's happening today with the, you know, with the Roe versus Wade, how dare somebody tell a person what to do with their body? I'm a prime example. Nobody told me that I couldn't transition in a world that tells you that you're not supposed to do that. And I still did it. And you think I can go and tell somebody else or think about what someone else can do with their body? It's some bullshit. There's your word. So, yeah, exactly. So this is why I think, Gina, this is why I think it's so important for us to continue to have a platform to allow these conversations to be had. Because the truth is, Consuela's story, when she and I, when we were talking before, there are so many things I see about myself and my own story through her that we're more alike than we are different. And I think that this is why we have these conversations and learn about one another because we break down barriers when we start realizing it's it, it's not funny, but it's ironic when she talked about, you know, men and their view of women, trans women. I'm like, uh, you know, that sounds vaguely familiar. And uh, I was born a girl. And it was those same things that she was saying to me are some of the exact same things that you and I as women deal with all have dealt with our entire lives and that's why i find it so incredibly important and empowering that you share your story consuela so i and i think one thing that has that has i have strengthened my visibility where my transparency has has really pushed forward is that i've crossed genders so I transitioned at the age of 18. I come. I was born in Nicaragua, Central America. You know, we were immigrants. Came here. We're dirt poor, and um, and my mother always embraced me 100. percent But but my family, the male side, is very machismo, which is very comparison to hypermasculinity. What it is in America. Yeah. And one thing that allowed me to understand how genders work. And I'm not a gender specialist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just, a, I'm just me, but I have life experiences was my family because my, 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 my mother's side of the family accepted me a hundred percent. When I say I can, to be exact, it was 98%. And I remember telling the 2%, you can kiss my ass. I mean, you're not my, my chosen name. I was like, and I don't have to talk to you ever again. So I always was embraced. I had the kind of, you know, I had male cousins that I grew up up to the point of 18 when I transitioned that were the ones that when we were at the park and, you know, and, and they were like, oh, your cousin gay, they would beat them up. They'd be like, don't you talk about my cousin? Because, you know, we were Latino families, like fresh to the country. We had each other's back. Like, you know, even though 
you know, there's there's a lot of parts that in, in Central America where, yeah, being gay is not not it's not um, highlighted, but it's also not banned. Where the mothers themselves, you know, as a mother, as a loving mother, you're not going to want anything to happen to your child. You know, and, and, and so what my child is different, you know, so a lot of moms have that, but a lot of, you know, a lot of parents don't. So when we're talking, you know, we're talking about the side that, that my mom was like, Hey, you're not going to talk to my child like that. And I'm going to protect her. And that's the kind of family that I had with that said, the allow that I got a chance to cross genders, right. I now can hang with the girls, right. Have the drink with the girls, go out and get our nails done, get her to hair, everything. But the boys, right, they let me in on a boy's side. And when I say that, I told Louise, that, Louise this, that when I go into certain spaces with my family and we have those raw conversations, because, you know, this is a raw conversation, but this is not riggedy raw. You know what I mean? And, and Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But I have sat there and I have seen how men act one way when they're with men as human species. And then I've seen how they act in front of women, either wives, you know, their sisters. Their, and I'm like, but I have to shut up. Because if I sit, th- if I sit there and say something and, and, and like, how, why are you doing that to your wife? That's so wrong. Like, they would kick me out the club. You got you have the bro card, is what it is. You have I like a yeah, you got the bro right. card. I, and 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 I and, and I'm telling you, it's it's so weird. I don't like it. I mean, I'm not saying that you know, I, I you know, I, I I like the bro card, but that's not me. I, like I said, I like go, going to you know, I like going to do girl things, whatever. Yeah, it's the transition of the genders that you're able to see how people act, and it's yeah. like, wow. I think your perspective is um, is something that is just like you know, having the bit, the best part of the vision of like really what happens. So coming from being male to going to female, you're almost like leaving. You know, I always find it very interesting when people say um, some people transition because they just do it to do it. But it's something that you do because it's who you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're transitioning to a woman because that's what or did is because that's what you believe. That's what you identify as. But when you're saying that you're able to go to the other side, to go back and say, like, being part of the boys' club as well, you get to see the discrimination from being very accepted globally as a male and then seeing just just how hard it is in the U.S. to be a female, let alone other countries. And we're talking about the U.S. as a first-world country, right? So now you have third-world countries where the women are lower than anything. So, like... I find it very interesting when you say it's fascinating to me just to think about like the like the discrimination. I have two little girls and I and I and I'm always with my husband like, you know, you don't understand. You have to teach them. They have to be empowered. They have to feel that they can speak because they will be silenced from the day that they are brought into any environment where the little boys will speak up and because their moms and dads have pushed them to be that way and the girls will reserve themselves and not say anything. So when you say that, Consuelo, when you say, you know, that raw conversation, I th- I keep thinking that it's going to be, it's going to be the Consuelas. It's going to be, 
you know, the moms that are pushing their little girls to be better, that the, that I hope that when my kids' kids, because I don't think it's going to be my kids' generation, but I think it will be maybe my kids' children, will, will have a time in their life where they could possibly not have that moment of like they, they're afraid to speak. But what's disgustingly happening in this country, and we're living in Washington, D.C., and you see it right now and in our faces, is that our bodies are, be, are being, we're being told again, we're going back, you know, we're going back, uh, you know, 60 years, that we are not allowed to make that decision for ourselves because a male has put in everybody's head again that, you know, we, you're not in charge. You're not in charge of yourself. And what does that mean for you, Consuela? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for my daughters? It's not good. No, it's not good at all. It, it's horrible. Like I, you know, I, as a hairstylist, um, you know, I also have clients that come in, you know, so I'm an activist, I'm a hairstylist, I, you know, um, and I have clients who come in and sit in and, 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 and we, and, you know, those raw conversations open up as well from a woman's point of view. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, how can you allow a man to tell you what to do, but you can't tell him what to do? That doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, it, 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 there was a story that I had read a few months back about how at a young age, you know, it's more in depth than that. It's not just a year, but, but it's something enlightened me a year ago where it said that men aren't allowed to be themselves, such as like, oh, I want to try on the little dress. I want to do this. And the way that it was explained to me that there was like the father, you know, that was um, that had a, a daughter and a son and they were like three and four or whatever, two and three. And the daughter had a play date. And then the daughter's friend came over and they started dressing the son up like little princess, like the little princess. And the dad had to sit back and say, uh, he was like, how do I feel about this? Like, how, how, how do I feel about this? You know, like how boys are trained to, you know, play with, with certain kind of um, things that, you know, girls cannot, like girls can't be football players, but, you know, but, but, but you can be something that's just not as aggressive when it, you know, like there's always been this, 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 this disconnection of men are superior, you know, on certain things. And to me, Consuela, who's cross-genders, I'm like, you can't touch women with a 10-foot pole because men are just like, yeah, they're physically strong, but they're mentally weak. And like, and I, and like, that is, that, that I, that explain, that to me is like, okay, you know, in this situation, what happened is that the dad had to sit back and was like, hey, my, should I stop the girls dressing up my son as a bar, as as a princess, and he had to sit back and say, "Hey, is my are, are they playing? Is is my son having a good time? Yes. Um, they, is his brother and sister getting along? Yes. Are they not fighting? No. Um, are they bullying him for putting on clothes? No. That was the point that I was like." Mm. Oh wow, you know that that's the that's the little fine line that says, you know, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. Why? Because it conforms to your gender, right? So your gender's already picked for you. 
way before you even know what gender means. Like, I didn't even know what gender means. I didn't even know what gender meant until later on in life that, you know, that that I realized I was different, right? But, it, but it, you know, it, it, it showed that the little kid eventually kept putting on the dress, kept putting on the dress, and a few weeks he was like, you know what, I don't like this. I don't like this at all, right? And they stopped dressing him, up, dressing him up as a girl, but they continued to play together, which was the most important part, that the brother and the sister need to play, men and women need to play together, and they don't play together. The older we get, it gets more into, you know, into certain roles, like, you know, women can't do this, men can't do that, can't do this, can't, you know? Like, even today, like, men, like, you, you don't think of a heterosexual man being a hairstylist because it's too much of a gay job. But it is. There's men out there who are heterosexual yeah. that do hair. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? But there's this social stigma that comes along with what male and female roles are supposed to be. And I think, I, I really think that we are at a crossroads of women being powerful, you know, outpowering the men because like, well... I mean, we're at a crossroads where there needs to be a change and we either need to, you know, be progressive and move forward or just sit there and do nothing and just be, you know, don't say, and just don't do nothing. To to the point, I, it's really, really important that we talk about that, especially being at a crossroads because where we, what we're seeing today at the Supreme Court with Roe versus Wade, this is where things happen because they're out of fear. Meaning, if we progress too far, oh, we've got to pull back because somebody's going to lose if somebody gains. We live in this really weird space right now where is if if somebody gets something, then that means you must be losing. And that's a ridiculous state of affairs. If one progresses forward, no one else loses anything. It just means we're all moving forward. I think to that point, what I would say is it's a time, very important time for us to vote and get involved because... Yeah. We are at that crossroads, which scares the majority, which scares that white man who, that older white man who's been sitting at the head for a very long time. And so these changes, and to your point, Consuela, where women are getting stronger, we need to unite behind that so we keep pushing forward because we will lose ground because the people who are still at the top still control all the strings. Mm -hmm. Gerrymandering, Supreme Court, all of these things show that we must be active right now. Can we I, cannot be passive. I want to. I want, I want to challenge what you're saying, because I'm going to say ahead. I'm going to say this to you, and Consuela can tell me, and you can tell me different. The problem with women, what's happening? Power. It's not that we are not organized. It's not that the the gay community um, is not organized. It's not that. It's that you. We are losing to online, Instagram should be done, fleeting thoughts, what's happening in the world. Like, like let's go with the war, let's go with the war really quickly in the Ukraine. Hot topic, okay? There's a war happening in the Ukraine. Hot topic. You ask, you go right now to somebody's Instagram and see what they're looking at. They're not watching the news. They're on Instagram. They're on TikTok. They're on blah, blah, blah. They don't, it is like, oh, world's happening? Great, I'm into it for like 15 minutes and then I'm on to something else. And that is something that's been created by us in, in our generation. You know, I'm 45 years old. 100% I remember no internet. 
and being very connected to my community. And then I now have the internet and I know that there is a portion of it that where you're disconnected because you're living in this alternate world of the internet. And I still am part of like Reher. It's um, Reher is a, a, a women entrepreneurial leadership um, Consuela and we'll totally invite you to come because it's wonderful. It's very inclusive and it's about women that you know own businesses and fighting discrimination in the workforce, okay? Um, but like we, it's very hard to make the young people go stand in front of the Supreme Court and let them be heard. And it's not our generation that's going to be the one that loses. It's going to be the next generation that doesn't have the headspace to really commit to it. And I think that that's where our problem is. We're teaching them not to commit to anything. I think the last of it is like the 30-somethings that really understand that commitment. And if we don't teach the younger ones that this is what you need to do, that this is how you're going to keep your ground, you're going to see them all retreat back to, you know, uh, 1910. You know, they're going to lose their right to vote. (laughs) I bring it back to what Consuela said then. Then we all need to be, maybe we're not the trans power, but we've got to be those women. That actually then, for me, charges our generation even more so in that we need to lead by example. We need to get out there, to Consuela's point, is make sure our voice is heard and lead by example because you're right that 30 the those 15 minute segments those really short give me you know 240 characters or less that is this last this next coming generation but i think we do have some powerful women out there and i think that that again it, i would like to think that we can help change that perspective because we are all women in our 40s and i think it really does lay on our generation to help lead by example. And to Consuela's point, we need to be heard, damn it. Well, I'll tell you another thing. Um, you know, I, I can speak for my community. I can speak, mm-hmm. I can definitely speak for trans women of color from the darkest complexion to the lightest complexion. I don't know what it's like to be dark skinned, but I definitely know what it's like for, for my sister that is dark skinned next to me. And we think alike, we help each other, everything. That, that you know, I, I can relate to, to you know, how the color of my skin has got me in, in, in better situations, but not just being a trans woman. So, you know, Gina, to your point that I think with trans women today, you know, why we're probably not at the front picket lines, you know, saying, hey, this is wrong what you're doing. You know, look what I do with my body. This is what I'm saying, right? Because the average trans woman today right, isn't concerned about what's happening at a court building for women. Their major concern is like, how are they going to put food in their mouth today? Of course. How are they going to sleep? You know, and it just, there's certain fights to your point, Louise, you say, you know, you need to, you you guys need to, you know, take it together. And of course, I could support, I support 100%. People ask me all the time, what was my point? And I'm like, how can I tell someone else to do when I, look what I did. But I, I, like, I can't even touch it with a 10-foot pole. But it doesn't... You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But if this goes through and this really happens, right, you're opening up a whole new world of what you can swell, what your group, what our women, what my girls, what little boys, what anybody identifies as later in life can and cannot do. And, like, it is a basic, like, you know, if you're in a country that's free and you have a freedom... And you should have the freedom to do what you want to do when it comes to your body. And like, I, 
100% agree with that. I also do believe wholeheartedly that you may be born one thing, one gender, and you identify as another, and that is your right to change, to identify, to remain one sex and identify as another. I don't think that that's anybody's decision to make except for the individual and being the good human. And I say it all the time to everybody and anybody that's willing to listen. It doesn't matter. You could be all the things. You could be male, female, purple, spotted, you know, with swirly little twirls. It doesn't matter. If What they will always remember is, were you a good person? Were you good to others? Did you do anything to bring up your community, whatever your community is? And like, you have to... There has to be that focus. It has to be like something where we're constantly putting into the mentality. We just came off a very brutal presidency and that did nothing for this country except divide it further. And I, I strongly believe that if we don't start embracing and being behind Consuela and saying Consuela has the right to do what she wants and being there for the other women and saying, you know, having an abortion for any reason they, they want to or whatever they want to do with their bodies is, is okay. Because it should be okay for a male to do what they want to do with their bodies or a female. But no one should have the right or the power to make them, to anybody to tell you what to do. It's not, it's not humane. It's just not. It's wrong. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just wrong. I agree 100%. <laughs> I'm so, like... Sorry, it's a very hot topic for you. Sorry. So it is a very hot topic. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to chill it down, do a little tips and tricks. You're going to school us on something else, Gina. Calm down, Gina. Calm down. You're right after all. I know. I love it. I'm going to take off my sweatshirt and start running around. Right. So we're going to take all that energy and teach somebody Uh a new tips and tricks. All right, it's all you. Go, Gina. All right, so today we're talking about coconut syrup. And let me tell you something. I love coconut syrup. It's so delicious, right? So there's like two different ways you can do it. There's a school of thought that you just add, you know, water, sugar, and coconut milk, right? And that makes it super delicious and equal parts water to sugar to coconut milk. Great. Well, you know, obviously it's never good enough for me. Gotta always jazz it up a bit, right? So I like to go the extra mile for that pina colada kind of flavor. So you have in there, again, equal parts, water, sugar, coconut, milk. And now we're gonna just add and squish some fresh pineapple. And we're gonna throw it on top. And I would say just about a cup of um, fresh pineapple. And you're gonna put the whole piece inside of there and it smells super good and delicious. I'm gonna throw it in. You're gonna put it on the stove. You're gonna melt that sugar. You are not gonna bring this to a boil because we know that if you boil your simple syrup, you're making something different and that's not what we wanna do. But what you'll have left after you strain it, is this delicious coconut pina colada syrup that's so good. And we know it's really hot right now, making dirty drinks. So you can add this to like your Coca-Cola and soda, soda water, um, juice, um, different drinks. And then instead of making it dirty with like what you might think of as olive juice, new version, dirty with the coconut syrup. Enjoy. All right, Gina, that was just Amazing. Coconut, cocoa, delicious, cocoa, crazy. Coconut syrup, Louise. <laughs> Moving on. Dirty syrup. We got it. All right. Let's do a little housekeeping. Anyone wants the tips and tricks on how to do this? Where are they going to go? You're going to designate your good show for tips, tricks, how-tos, and how to get to Consuela and get to Pride, for sure. They can donate. All right. So 
Consuela, I'm going to give you the last word and I'm going to close it out. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. If you do want to get involved, you can go to Capital Pride Alliance, capitalpride.org to either volunteer. We have our big parade coming June 11th. If you want to be part June 11th starts around 3 p.m., 4 p.m. DuPont Circle area. Um, and then the festival is Sunday from 11 to 6 p.m. for booths. And then the concert starts at 6 p.m. And it is so much fun. They have VIP tickets. You can meet you can meet the artists. You can come, you know, party with, with you know, with the VIPs. Or you can just sit and, you know, in regular admission and just, you know, let, you know, just have fun. Drink, drink whatever, whatever, whatever your choice is. You can come and show up and show out. And yeah, and if you want to be part of it, be a volunteer, or you can donate to capitalpride.org. All right. So this brings us to the end of part one with the beautiful and so insightful Consuela Lopez. But if you're anything like me and Gina, you know one round is just never enough. So make sure you top off your drink and check out part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter about celebrating pride, diversity, and acceptance while Gina shares yet another one of her pride-worthy cocktail recipes that is Consuela-inspired. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.